What's going on, guys? Welcome to Ask J Live, episode number 18. Today, guys, we're going to talk about finding profitable products to sell literally by just keeping your eyes open. And um, I'm going to give you guys some uh, actual real-life examples. And into today's uh we're here live every tuesday 12 noon eastern 9 a.m pacific for ask j live uh, hold on. check my internet connection all right i'm good to go um so yeah we're here live every tuesday 12 noon eastern 9 a.m pacific you guys feel free to ask me questions about your business my business or business in general and today what we're going to talk about is Finding profitable products uh, to sell just by keeping your eyes open. And um, one of the things you guys know, I'm big in e-commerce. And so I enjoy trying to find profitable products and sell the products. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. But we're going to put a little spin on today's show, right? We're going to put a little spin on it. And I'm going to talk about selling products, not just to individuals, not just direct to consumer, but selling products uh, wholesale. And that's something that um, I talked to one of my BEB groups about the other day. And so just to give you a little background on this, um, I have a, a Brand Builder Academy Elite for people that want to sell uh, physical or digital product brands. And we had our, our group call, group coaching call. And I was actually going through and just talking about some products that they could sell because a lot of times when you're looking at a physical products brand, it's um, the biggest thing is finding out what product you want to sell. And so I, I told them a story, which I'll repeat real quick. Um, my wife and I were in Asheville, North Carolina. <coughs> Excuse me. We were looking around in these stores and these shops. And this is something that I always do. So if you guys ever thought about selling uh, e-commerce or physical products, anytime you go out, just be cognizant of the products that are around you, right? And they don't have to be super products or anything. Everything that you're looking at right now. So I'm sitting in my office, right? I'm looking at a, a lampshade, somebody manufactured. I'm looking at table legs, somebody manufactured that. I'm looking at the caps to my hot sauce bottle. Somebody manufactured that. I'm looking at this other uh, uh, perfume bottle my wife has uh, on her dresser over here. And all of these things are manufactured. So I think a lot of times people think uh, selling physical products is sexy. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexy. So uh, one of my biggest clients when I was a stockbroker, he sold wire hangers. I told you about that before. He, uh, he sold hangers, wire hangers, wooden hangers, and plastic hangers. And he sold them en masse in bulk to major retailers, such as Macy's, Strawbridge and Clothier, which is an old Philly brand, uh, J.C. Penney's, and all your major uh, big box retailers. So it wasn't anything sexy. And so what I want you guys to start thinking about is just being cognizant and looking all around you, wherever you go, be it in the store, be it in your home or wherever you are, and just remember somebody in some company manufactured that physical thing. So while I was in Asheville, North Carolina with my wife, I started looking at some of the products that they, uh, you know, that they have in some of these shops. And then I started going and looking, trying to find their websites. 
And what I noticed was there were a ton of products out there uh, that were being sold all over Asheville. Some, you know, local, some local manufacturers, and then they have some bigger manufacturers. And um, some of them didn't even have web presences. So it started me to thinking that, you know, I'm big on e-commerce, but maybe I can reverse engineer this. You know, a lot of times people are successful when they swim against the tide and they do things that other people aren't doing. And so with my hot sauce brand, Hell Yeah Hot Sauce, um, I said, yeah, I'm selling online and I'm selling a decent amount. I said, but I'm not really marketing it too much online because of my profit margins. Hot sauce isn't a high uh, dollar uh, item. So there's not a lot of extra money to market it. So I said, what happens if I take the concept of trying to go to retail first, meaning getting it in stores, selling it wholesale, and then help that drive the e-commerce sales? And that was the, the when it really the light bulb went off a little over a year ago. And so as I start going to these different stores, I'm looking to try to find web presences for a lot of these products. And there are none. They're not even selling online. So what that meant to me was that there are companies that are out there that are literally making money without even having a web presence because they're selling wholesale. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you go into the supermarket and the products that you normally pick up every week, it could be McCormick seasoning salt. It could be uh, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. These are some of the products I buy all the time. And they're never advertised. Yes, they have websites, but the predominant way that they're sold is directly through the retail chains. And so here's a perfect example. When I was given to my brand builder Academy elite um, class the other night. Uh, so I was in Asheville, North Carolina, and I was in one store and it was an apron. And the apron said, you, you, can, you know, you go into these stores to have these crazy sands on mugs, aprons and all of that. The apron said, I'll feed all of you blankety blankers, right? I'm not going to say <laughs> what it said, but it was like a, you know, uh, you know, they were cussing on it. Sold for $14.95 at the store. Now, I went to a an apron, uh, a company that prints aprons, and I could get that same apron for $3, <coughs> right? So if I sold that to the store for $7, they sold it for fourteen ninety five. A lot of retail stores, depending upon the product, will want to what they call turnkey the product, meaning if they buy it for five dollars, they want to sell it for ten dollars. They want to they want to get a hundred percent profit on it. So that's called turnkey pricing. And that's not the norm for every type of product. Food products are normally a little less. They may be thirty percent profit what a lot of stores want. But I'm just giving you guys real life examples. So that apron Cost fourteen ninety five in the store. You can have it produced for three dollars, right? So just imagine if you sell it for seven dollars. Okay, so now you're making four dollars on the product. There's no marketing or advertising. You're just out there hustling and getting retail accounts. And I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. All right, another another apron in there said the most expensive part of having kids is all the wine you have to drink. Fourteen ninety five cost three dollar product. Is that something that you can create? Can you go to a, a company that manufactures aprons and then have them embroidered with that stuff on it? The answer is yes. And so when we start thinking about selling products, 
a lot of times it's always direct to consumer, which is usually more profitable, gross profit. But once again, you have to get the traffic to your website. So you have to factor that in. All right. Now, let's talk about um, on the beach. Right. And this is the real example I was using. So depending upon where you live, if you're on the East Coast, right, we go on down to the shore or the beach or whatever, you'll see a ton of, of places on the boardwalk. If you ever been to Atlantic City, you ever been to Ocean City, Maryland, Rehoboth Beach, you'll see a ton of stores on the boardwalk, right? So now when you go into those stores, they got all types of knickknacks and rinky dink type products. So if you're trying to look for a profitable product, it doesn't have to be something that's out of the norm or fantastic or new. Just imagine how many shot glasses have you purchased when you've been on vacation, right? So if I'm in Atlantic City, New Jersey, there's stores all up and down the boardwalk that sell Atlantic City shot glasses. Shot glasses may retail for $253. Literally, you can have shot glasses manufactured with, with any city or beach you want on it for less than 25 to, I think the, the highest I've seen was about 35 cents. And they're selling in retail three ninety nine, sometimes four ninety nine. Anybody been to south of the border, right? You going up ninety five between North Carolina and South Carolina, there's a big place called South of the Border. And I don't know why it's so famous, but it has a whole bunch of knickknacks and junk. So back to the boardwalk type shops. You go to Atlantic City, New Jersey, guess what? They're gonna have Atlantic City, New Jersey T shirts, right? You know, the T-shirts that you put in the washer one time and then they two sizes too small. Those T-shirts are selling for two dollars. The people that supply those stores are probably getting those T-shirts made for ten dollars. I mean, two dollars. And they're selling them retail for ten and them for five dollars. That's not some type of fantastic product. A lot of times we're thinking direct to consumer, which is great. But how about if we start taking it and thinking about these little products that people buy all the time in these type of locations? Any of you guys, if you are in the outdoor space, there's a store called Cabela's, right? And they also have another one. I think Cabela's and another one merged. I forgot the name of it. And I'm going to give you a product that I'm actually working on. And camping, hiking, and outdoors is a tremendous community. So you have all types of brands that are making tons of money that you probably never heard of if you're not in that space. So my wife and I do a lot of, of hiking. And so there's a shoe company called Merrill, M-E-R-R-E-L-L, I believe. And they have all types of shoes, backpacks or whatever. But they have what's called a dry sack. And what that is, it's a, it's a sack. It's almost like a uh, duffel bag type of material that um, nylon that you put over around your back and you carry it as a backpack, but it keeps everything inside dry. So if you're hiking or camping or canoeing and your, your sack falls in the water, everything in there is going to be, uh, it's going to stay dry. The dry sacks, one of my bought was $24.99 retail. The exact same dry sack with the packaging uh, the same way it's packaged at Cabela's, which is a national chain, costs $2.20, right? So now, 
I buy the, the, the dry sack for $2.20. I put my brand name on it, J. Jones Outdoor, whatever you want to call it. Now, I can sell that to Cabela's for probably $12 to $13, right? I don't have any additional marketing. I'm not running ads to drive traffic to my site, you know, particularly. You can if you want. But finding profitable products is not that hard. So start looking in stores and seeing what they're selling. Then try to go back and look on Alibaba or look for other manufacturers that actually uh, produce those products. Here's something even dumber I saw. And I take pictures. When I go in stores, guys, you look on, if you could look on my phone, I got pictures of all types of products with their pricing. So if I'm in Cabela's, Walmart, Target, wherever, if I'm in one of these stores at the beach, I'm looking at all types of products. There's this thing called a fly shooter. And it's really almost like a, a, a not a rubber band gun, but it's a little plastic gun. And it has a uh, something that propels off the end. It looks like a, a disc. And it's selling in Cabela's. And I guess it's like a, a novelty type item. Selling in Cabela's for $4.99. On Alibaba, that exact same unit, I could buy for twenty-five. Cabela's for two dollars and fifty cent. They mark it up for four ninety-nine. They're making a hundred percent. I'm making, you know, I'm making what uh, two dollars or whatever, a little over two dollars, two dollars and twenty-five cent. If I sell it for two fifty, now just imagine if you're selling and supplying hundreds of thousands of those units to Cabela's. It's nothing special about those products. It's opportunity in keeping your eyes open to see where the margins are, right? So Walmart, perfect example, a collapsible soft wine cooler. One of my buddies has a wine podcast. He's a big wine aficionado. This collapsible wine cooler, really all it is, it's a uh, it's a bag that fits over a bottle of wine and it's collapsible and it's insulated. They're selling it in freaking Walmart for $9.95. I went on Alibaba, it was 80 cents. Okay? The, it Literally the exact same image of what was in Walmart. So when people want to start scaling businesses, making money via product type sales, we always look to direct to consumer, which is great. Some of the, the and, and I'm in that that space, and I know some of the, 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 the negative aspects of the direct-to-consumer is if you're selling on Amazon, you're going to still have to advertise to get people to get to your listing, right? Amazon doesn't allow you to get customer information. That's a negative because you always want to build your database. If I'm selling on my own site, nobody's coming to Hell Yeah Hot Sauce uh, unless I'm driving traffic there be it through advertising, being on podcasts, you know, uh, being on uh, social media, whatever. Nobody's coming there. But if I could sell my Hell Yeah Hot Sauce, which I'm working on now to several uh, major retail chains, convenience stores, then I own you to sell through. And so I want people to start to understand that when you're selling products, and uh, this, this is a great quote. Uh, my man from Helicocktail, uh, Jamari Pinkert was on the show. I can't remember what episode it was. And when he got out of grad school, he, uh, he, he and his friends created a, uh, accoutrements for cocktails. So like bitters 
and sodas, nothing alcoholic, but they accompany alcohol. So if you run gin and tonic, you may put a bitter in there, you know, or it may be a tonic branch. So, and he started playing around with that concept, him and his buddies while they were in college when they were mixing drinks. And I asked him, I said, man, you Ivy League educated, got your, you know, MBA. What made you decide to go into this business? And what he said was, he said, I always can scale units. I always can scale units, meaning that you create the product. And if the product is is good and you have the right marketing and sales functions behind it, you can sell it to major retailers. So now it's just a matter of continuing to sell and fulfill those orders. And so I, I thought that was that was really smart because instead of trying to scale something else, um, you know, other type things, scaling units. He doesn't have to be the face of the product or service if you don't want to be. So if you're looking for a part-time business or, or part-time income or you want to be anonymous, this is the way to do it with physical products. How many people know the owners or founders of the products that they use every day unless they're like real famous? Steve Jobs or, you know, uh, Richard Branson. We all know those guys. But who are the, I'm sitting here drinking an honest iced tea right now, right? I don't know who the founders of Honest Ice Tea are. You know, I don't know who the founders of the guys that make the caps for my hot sauce. But they're selling in volume and they're selling in bulk. And when you start being cognizant to what's going on in your surroundings, when you go into stores, when you're just walking around your house, when you're walking around your office, everything. I'm sitting here right now. I'm on this microphone. I'm looking at the cord on the microphone. Somebody manufactures that. Somebody manufactures the end of the cord, the metal piece that you put into the back of the microphone. I mean, it's it's crazy. Everything that we see is manufactured and it doesn't have to be sexy. And the way to make money sometimes, don't worry about the flash and being sexy and being no, you know, people knowing you. It's really about the revenue. So I'm going to jump back real quick because I think this is one of the greatest illustrations of what I'm talking about. When I go to these beach towns and there is a chain, I think it's called Sun or something, S-U-N, it has a big sun on it. But a lot of the, the stores down in Myrtle Beach, Ocean City, Maryland, they have these big beach stores. They'll sell chairs, umbrellas, suntan lotion, keychains, bottle openers, uh, T-shirts, hats, whatever. But you can create a bottle opener that says Myrtle Beach that costs you 10 cents to make. And this company may buy a million pieces of it. Right. And you may make 10 cents, you know, per piece or whatever. But it's a product that's out there that's being sold without a lot of support from marketing or advertising, because it's one of those type of products that. You're going to pick up if you need it. You don't care what brand a can opener is, do you? You know, I got can openers and bottle openers literally in my drawer right now. A lot of times when we travel, we'll we'll pick that up. How about magnets, right? You go traveling. I got magnets on my, my refrigerator right now. I had to take half of them off. Everywhere we go, my, my wife and my kids would collect magnets. What does it cost? to create a magnet that says Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And who can I sell it to? What does it cost for me to make shot glasses that say Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Atlantic City? What does it cost for me to produce T-shirts 
with a palmetto tree, a palm tree. South Carolina is the palmetto state. And it says Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on it. How many stores can you sell that to? How many pieces or units can you sell? How You're scaling units. So this is something that we don't really look at. And I'll tell you guys, if you ever want to do that, I got my minority certification for my Hell Yeah Hot Sauce, and it's enabled me to connect with major retailers and big box brands. And I have a couple of big meetings coming up at the end of March and early April to try to get my hot sauce into some convenience stores and some big box brands. But once again, that if I can get the visibility, right? And I just did a, a podcast with my man Emir that's on here. And uh, we just talked about with his watch brand that, um, and I'm, I'm sure he'll, we'll, connect we'll he'll bring up we'll bring him up a little later um he was talking about eventually having stores for his watch brand the visibility is something that can synergize your online brand so most people and myself included a lot of my brands i'm selling online only because it's easier right but i started thinking let's swim upstream and how about if i use the visibility from my retail sales inside of stores, not my stores right now, but you know, these different retail chain stores. And when people see it, they'll check it out. Oh yeah. I saw that in uh Cabela's and Cabela's sells hot sauce. Right. <laughs> so, which is crazy, you know, home, uh, not home D- Lowe's sell spices and hot sauce places that you really don't think about. But every time I'm in a store, I'm always looking to see what products are there. So maybe I can get my hot sauce in the Lowe's. So in their grill department and stuff where they have the charcoal, they have hot sauce, they have spices, they have seasonings, all kinds of things. Let's take a look back at uh, when you go to uh, not the beach, but if you go and you're in a quaint town and you have these local shops, uh, you ever see the signs, the wooden signs, you know, um, wherever you were, Asheville, North Carolina, it's a piece of wood, it's a plank, a it's not a two by four. It's a two by what is it? A, a, a two by one, maybe whatever. And it may be six to 12 inches long and it has the name of the town on it. And it's, it's basically either painted or printed with, with, with a paint on it or it's actually routed, grouted. What is it called? Router? Yeah, using a router. And it'll have Asheville, North Carolina. I saw that selling for $12, a little piece of wood selling for $12. And I guarantee you. The wood didn't cost more than a dollar at the most. And all they did was run it through a uh, a router and it, it carved out Asheville, North Carolina. All over Asheville, I saw them in all the stores. Nothing. It's it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. The The hardest part is getting the products and then being able to connect with the retailers. And if anybody is looking to do this, I'm I'm actually going to be talking about this on on the show in a couple of weeks. But if you want to sell wholesale, there's a website called FAIR, F-A-I-R-E dot com, FAIR dot com. And FAIR dot com caters to independent retailers like the mom and pop stores that you'll find in these little quaint towns like Asheville, North Carolina, in these beach towns and Myrtle Beach not the big chains, but fair. You can put your product on fair, put your wholesale pricing on there, and you can connect with businesses that want to buy products. You know, when these these stores like a lot of 
uh, eclectic type products sometimes, products that you're not going to find in the big box stores. So they want something that's a little more local per se or something that you're not going to find that's readily available. And so I, I talked about uh, to my group the other day, there was a, uh, what do you call these, a uh, body scrub company. They were selling nice packaging, black and white packaging, body scrubs, um, and all of the stores in Asheville were carrying this brand. I looked the brand up. I couldn't even find a web presence. On their packaging and their labeling, they did not even have a barcode. And that's, that's a sin if you're trying to go into retail. Yet and still, they were in this. They had to slap a barcode on the bottom. No presence whatsoever. And I asked the, the owner of the shop, I said, yo, I said, I said, does this product sell a lot? And they were like, this is one of our best-selling products. I went to another store. I saw the same product in there. Does this product sell a lot? One of our best-selling products. And I'm like, man, they have no support with e-commerce, no advertising support, but yet they're selling through in these little stores. So they're making a living selling wholesale as opposed to going direct to consumer selling retail, which there's nothing wrong with either one. But I think sometimes we we negate the and don't look at the opportunity that we have selling wholesale. And the way you can test this out, right, you can find a product. And like I said, it, depending upon where you live, it's going to be different. Just start looking at the products that you see in your local stores or your convenience stores or your Walgreens, right? So when you're going up to the counter in Walmart, right, they may have, you know, they have those, those products that they want you to buy on impulse, those impulse products. Somebody's buying them, right? Somebody has to supply them to Walmart. Like I said, the dumbest thing I saw at Cabela's was a fly shooter, which is basically a rubber band gun selling for $4.99. I wish I could show you guys the picture and you'd be like, this is crazy. Same exact product on Alibaba selling for $0.25. Cent. So if I go to, hey, man, Cabela's is selling this, um, and I go to a competitor or a similar type store, hey, you know, maybe I can sell my version or my brand of that uh, whatever, you know, the fly thing, the fly shooter, the fly gun to them. So we got to start kind of changing our thinking. We're going to open it up in a second, guys. Uh, if you want to speak, hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the queue and then hit the mic to unmute yourself to speak. But we got to start being cognizant and understanding commerce and where we are in the equation, which is usually outside the door looking in. Right. But we need to start inserting ourselves into the equation. And once again, it doesn't have to be with some mind blowing product or service. It doesn't have to be something that's revolutionary. It could be something super simple that sells through stores. When you go to your convenience store, right? In Philly, we got Wawa, right? Which is one of the largest convenience store chains out here, okay? They sell all types of products. One of the things that I found out about Wawa is they don't sell anything in their store over $20. Everything in their store is under $20 for a reason because it's an impulse. A lot of the stuff in convenience stores is impulse purchases, so as opposed to creating your product and saying, I'm going to sell this, why don't you do it backwards and reverse engineer it and say, what can I sell to this store or this chain that they need that's profitable? You don't have to be in love with, with a shot glass with Myrtle Beach on it, right? 
But if you're going, if you're in Myrtle Beach, just just imagine how you can duplicate this. So if they that store Sun, whatever uh, Sun Company, whatever that sells all the beach stuff, they're in every freaking beach up and down the East Coast. I, I'm telling you, from Delaware, Virginia Beach, Myrtle Beach, uh, Nags Head in North Carolina, and they're all up and down the beach. I don't know how many stores they have. But if I can say to them, guess what? I got shot glasses for every city that you're in. How many you need? I could make a I could literally make a million dollars literally selling freaking shot glasses. That's how easy it is. It's simple. That's not it's yeah, it's not easy. It's simple. The concept is simple, but it's not easy. Okay? Because you have to go out there and find out where the need is. You know what I mean? So when you're selling direct to consumer, you give them what they want. You give people what they want. People by nature are going to do what they want and buy what they want before what they need. When you're selling to wholesale, you give them what they need because they'll tell you what they need. Okay. So we're going to take a couple of calls real quick. Um, all right. Who we got on the line here? I, uh, I don't have my glasses on. Oh, somebody. All right. They just bounced off. Okay. All right, so, but yeah, so we're going to open it up, man. I could talk about this for days because it's a whole lot of money out here that we're not getting, <laughs> that we can start getting if we just change our concept and thought process and start being cognizant and really looking at what's going on. Oh, we got my man, Brother Belvin, on. All right, hit that unmute, bro. Hey, hey, how you doing, man? I'm good, bro. What's going on, man? Man, it's so funny you you say that. Uh, you know, of course, I'm in the travel industry, and yep. I see them shot glasses everywhere, and that's probably <laughs> the, the staple of what I get my family when I, you know, just you travel. You go yeah, to these little uh, the airport and all these little places, just collect as much as you can. Yep, and just you know, throw it out there. Even when I was in Africa, you know, theirs is a little more authentic, but it's still mm-hmm. you kind of figuring out: Are they getting this from China, and they just bring this all in? <laughs> Right, because it's like you know, you just all you try to do is sell on volume, man. So you open my eyes to these That's to this it. product. It's definitely some opportunities out there. I think the Big biggest time, thing, man. though, the biggest thing is <coughs> how can you systematically change your idea of getting this. And hurry up and put it, get it in the market. I think that's the probably the bigger challenge. I mean, we can think of three thousand ideas, but how can right. we, how can you yeah. put it like whatever you're thinking about? I know you talked about fair and everything else, mm-hmm. but it, it, we have to document a system to hurry up and get that to the market and exactly. get it sold. Yeah. So one of the things is when you're talking about if you're going like you just mentioned the airport. Uh, Hudson News, right? They're in tons of airports. All, all right? the time, yeah. Yeah, Hudson News. So they have a vendor program, right? And so I'm not sure if they are, uh, if they deal with the uh, uh, MSN, what is it, the Minority Certification or whatever. A lot of companies do, but if you can get into get minority certified, you may be able to get an entree at least to, to be able to talk to these cats. And so especially with what's going on now in, in today's society, uh, you know, with Black Lives Matter and everything that's, that's happening, Derek Chauvin, Ahmaud Aubrey, all that stuff, right. companies are cognizant of what's going on. So, you know, it's now it's probably a good time to try. But I've looked at Hudson News actually to put my book in there. So I'm actually been been talking to them for the last uh 
about a couple of weeks now, so I've been going back and forth with them. But yeah, shot glasses when you travel, keychains, uh, freaking uh, what do you bottle openers? I mean, I got I got a drawer full of bottle openers. And if you look in my in my bar, I got shot glasses, man. I haven't traveled probably like you, bro, because that's what you do. But I probably got about 50 shot glasses from different places, man. You know, and and people making money off of it. That's that's the crazy thing, you know. Yeah. And it it seems like it's a volume sale, but but it's an Mm -hmm. easy volume sale because the the pretty much you really Mm -hmm. just sell into the store. That's it. Store. It's up to them to push that product. But usually, man, mm-hmm. for example, man, this lady got us right before we left. We just left St. Kitts and, and mm-hmm. she, we, you know, we went through and she's like, hey, we the, you, we the last store before you get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a good sales get, pitch. Get, get the stuff. <laughs> then we get up, go through customs and everything. And there's about three or four more stores. Right. <laughs> Dad, she got you. Got but, you. Yeah, but. But that's, I'm telling y'all, man, um, uh, bruh, I, I was just, like I said, uh, where was I? The last time, oh, Asheville, but my wife and I, oh, we were down in, uh, in, uh, in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, a couple months ago, right, you know, going to some of these stores and some of the beaches over there and stuff. Same thing, man. So when, when people are traveling, and it doesn't have to be a travel-based product, but when people are traveling, um those type of products man they're no-brainers they're no-brainers what's the last have you been to a beach uh in the states lately man yeah i've been to i was just at west palm beach not too long oh okay you've been to myrtle beach i haven't been to myrtle you haven't been to myrtle okay yeah i know charleston all of them beaches in north america they kind of say shoot yeah yeah yep and so and, and I started looking at the products in there, man, and and at some of these stores in the in tourist locations like Asheville, which mountains, you know, they're known for for beer and and mountains and stuff. They had a lot of distilleries and breweries up there. Matter of fact, I was in Portland, Maine. They're known for their blueberries and stuff like that. Um, they they got a whole bunch of I bought t-shirts. I got shot glasses, all of that type of stuff. And a lot of times we don't think about that as a way to make money but they're I'm telling you man it's there it's there bro it's yeah, crazy it, it, it is there man i, I just mm-hmm. never thought of it from that side and you know they i mean the profit margins on them are just <laughs> crazy Ridiculous. off of something that is just uh they pretty much just probably let you know it's the same mm-hmm. company putting a different label on each thing <laughs> exactly and that's that's yeah. it man and i'm pretty sure that you know it's, it's yeah. a beautiful thing because you, when you go in there, you know you're coming in there to buy. It's just For what something. you don't get. Exactly. Yep. You know, you got bumper stickers. Like I said, man, that freaking my wife bought this piece of wood for $12. And I'm like, what do we need that for? You know, yeah. <laughs> with Asheville, North Carolina, where where we putting that? <laughs> exactly. And literally it's sitting in the drawer, right? I don't even know where it is, but it ain't up. But that type of stuff, the aprons with the quirky sayings on them. Yeah. Right? You know, you go in these stores, and, and you've been, you've been. I know you've been to Cracker Barrel, right? Oh yeah, Cracker Barrel, the king, the king of it. But they got their own brand on the stuff. I That's know, crazy. Yeah, they got their own brand, and it's funny, man. They got, but a lot of the knickknacks that you got there, yeah. Cracker Barrel is a great example of a business that doesn't really advertise. I mean, they'll get billboards, but their main thing is they're off of major highways. 
So when you stop to eat, you go in this store. And I was telling the guys, um, I, I talked to a manager of a Cracker Barrel in North Carolina, and I was just asking them, what percentage of your, your revenues come from the store versus the food? And they actually said over 35% came from, from the store. You know, I was like, damn. Yeah. yeah. People buying, well, buying that crap in there. Too. Yep, it is. You, yeah, you they buying that crap that's sitting in there. Mm-hmm. You waiting for the you coming out in there? Boom. Yep. And you buy the stuff, the big, you know, uh, they got you playing checkers outside in the big, <laughs> the big chairs and they got the candy. Yeah. My kids used to, I forgot the candy they used to get, man. They used to always get this, this, I forgot what it was, some type of candy when we go to Cracker Barrel. Then, um, you know, my wife started, she liked the pancakes. She used to start buying the Cracker Barrel pancake mix, which I was like, hey, come on now. But, <laughs> but she was. And I thought, she, I thought you were the cook of the, of the family, man. So she. I, even... Yeah. Can you hear me? I know my phone probably popping in now. No, I got you. you. I hear you. Okay. But uh but okay. yeah, man, but that so y'all don't sleep on that, man. Hey, speaking of that, uh bruh, tell people your business, man, and uh how they can connect with you. Okay, yeah. Uh well my name's Belvin. I'm the owner of Showtime Travel. You can visit showtimetravel.com. What we do is we design luxury vacations for busy professionals, so all they have to do is show up. Uh, a lot of people use us uh, for peace of mind. We design custom vacations for you. Uh, it's not cookie cutter, and we make sure that uh, uh, you have a great time. So make sure you visit uh, ShowtimeTravel.com. If you want to see some of our videos, make sure you visit uh, YouTube and just put in Showtime Travel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Showtime Travel, as well. And that's it. Yeah, he, work, he, he working on one for me and my wife, so I'll let y'all know how he is. Nah, let me stop. <laughs> nah but my man, yeah. You. I know I'm going to take care of you. yeah. I know, I know you will, bro. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, family. All right, man. I'll get off and let somebody else get on. Okay. All right. Cool, bro. All right. We got anybody else uh, wants to talk, say something? We talking about, like I said, guys, finding profitable products to sell by keeping your eyes open. Um, Yeah. And so, I'm sorry, I was getting stuff in here. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm telling y'all, it's money to be made out there. I'm not saying. Go off your square and just do this, but just be cognizant of the opportunities out there and start looking at different things, you know, with a third eye, as they say, and and figure out how people are making money. So that's why I was one of the worst employees ever, because when I used to go work for a company, I'm like, man, if they're paying me this, what am I really worth? And man, how much money am I generating for them? So when I go into these stores you know, like I, I told you guys uh, on the podcast before, the story of my, my youngest daughter, she has um, bad feet. And we had to go to the you know, orthopedics, get her some, um, you know, some, uh, whatchamacallit, for her feet, for her shoes, The li- not the lifts, but the, uh, you know, the, I, I, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever you slide in your, your, uh, your shoe, damn, I can't remember the name right now. And, um, man, I'm telling you the same thing we paid literally it was like three or four hundred dollars for the same exact uh, insert. That's what it was. The same exact insert. And I'm looking at one of them right now. Um, 
I went on Alibaba. I found the same manufacturer. It was identical. That insert cost like five or six dollars. Now this this guy is selling them out of his office for three and four hundred dollars. I literally we got that one, but that was the last time he got me. I ordered the other ones straight from China, you know. And so opportunity out there. You go into Walmart, and uh, because I used to sell inserts like Doctor Shows and all of that stuff, they're selling them for twelve, thirteen dollars. They're coming straight from China, and with the buying power that Doctor Shows has, they probably getting them for. Excuse me, less than a dollar a pair. And they're probably selling them to Walmart for five, six dollars. But they're doing volume, crazy volume. And so it may not sound like a lot, four or five dollars a unit. But if you're moving a million units, you know, five hundred thousand units, two hundred thousand units, that that adds up. And the other good thing is with that type of concept is once you have a relationship, just say you're selling the shot glasses, right, at, at Hudson News and, you know, throughout the, the United States, right, in all the airports. If you have a relationship with them, what else do they need? You know, maybe you can add a second product line to that. So in addition to shot glasses, now you're selling uh, branded can openers. So you're in... New York City, you got your New York City can openers, Philly can openers, whatever. So it's not just about that one product. What else can you supply? And once you understand and get that connection, that's how these companies that are no-name companies that you probably pass by every day sitting in a warehouse, passing a warehouse, could be multi-million dollar companies by selling little things like that that, once again, aren't sexy but are profitable. And so when you start looking around as you go out, and I, I'm going to say it ad nauseum, but just be cognizant of what's, what you see in front of you. Right now, wherever you're sitting, standing, or whatever, just look around and see what you're looking at. I got this light ring in front of me. I just did a podcast interview, and so I had this light ring on me. I bought that. Well, actually, my daughter bought that one for me, and I know she overpaid for it because you can get them from, from China. That's a 12-inch light ring. I can get it for about from Alibaba for about $3, right? But I know she overpaid because she bought it from a store here. So where can you go and, and sell that type of stuff? Uh, here's something else. If, if you guys have ever been to the Christmas store, and I know it's open all year round, but it's called the Christmas store. And I like looking in stores like that for product ideas. Five below. That's another one. That's, that's all Chinese manufactured stuff. But if you go into the Christmas store, right, um, I was in there during, the, uh, during spring last year, and I bought these little, um, they're like a cup holder you can put on the side of your chair. So if your beach chair doesn't have a cup holder, you slide it onto the handle, and it costs like four ninety nine. I went on Alibaba, they were like $0.38, 40 you know, not branded or anything. Uh, all it had was a little sticker on it, and I forgot the manufacturer, but they slapped a sticker on it with a barcode, four ninety nine, forty 40 cents, stuff like that. You go to, like I said, five below, you get a ton of product ideas out there, straight out of China, everything in there, you know, is direct from China. I don't care what it is. Everything in there pretty much is from China, and you can supply those type of stores. Now, I don't know if you're going to get the five below account, but you can you can supply similar stores like that. But man, there's there's money out there. Just be cognizant. Like I said, look into your industry or look if you like to shop at a particular place, your supermarkets, 
um, you know, knickknack places. I like to go into uh, places like that because I'm always looking for product ideas and not trying to reinvent the wheel. But where can I fit in? And the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to repeat this, is stop trying to create your product in, in this scenario now. Stop trying to create your product and then find the buyers for it. When you're talking about wholesale versus direct-to-consumer, find out what's selling or what does the, the retailer need and how you can provide it. So I don't care if they need shot glasses, uh, you know, can openers, aprons with wordy sayings on it, funny sayings. I don't care what, what it is. It doesn't matter to me. Can I be that solution for that retailer and provide them with quality products that are profitable for them? Another thing, when you're in these type of stores, if you get a chance to talk to a manager that's friendly and that really knows the business, what type of profit margins do you usually look for on your products? Okay, so those are things that are are, are super uh, important. So and I'm going to bring Emir up in a second. So when the hot sauce, what I, I didn't realize this. When I go to supermarkets, the supermarket is only looking for about a 30 percent markup on the product. You know what I mean? So, <coughs> excuse me. So if they buy it for $5, they want to make 30% on that. You know what I mean? So I have to sell it for, for less than, you know, 70% of $5, whatever that is. And, um, but they want to make 30% on their product. Uh, let me bring my man, Emir up, bro. Hit that unmute button. My man, what's, what's up, happening? What's up, brother? <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> I wanted to ask, you said, um, What's the name of the, what, this that store? Cabela's, right? Yeah, Cabela's is like an outdoor store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them in Delaware. You said they sell hot sauce now. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, they sell hot sauce. Lowe's sells hot sauce. Yeah, because like when you camping, they got a little food section. They sell candies. Oh, they sell food. Okay. I mean, hot sauce. They sell condiments. Because I guess when you're going camping, you may want to, you know, pick some of this stuff up. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned it in the candy section, right? Do y'all know one of the most profitable products you want to sell is freaking popcorn, right? So you can get a popcorn manufacturer, you know, uh, and you can literally have clear plastic bags of popcorn with a tag on it. You hang, not a hang. Yeah, it could be a hang tag, but you know, you staple the ends of it. You got a popcorn brand, right? Literally. Popcorn, there's a place in Chicago near my youngest daughter, and they sell, I think I don't have the tin on me right now, but they sell popcorn in the tin cans, and the popcorn, they may have, like, different flavors and stuff. Every time I've been there, the line is out the door, and they're downtown Chicago, a high-rent district, and these fools are selling popcorns in tins, and they be like $35. Y'all know how much popcorn costs, right? literally nothing mm -hmm. and uh so just being cognizant of the wholesale pricing you know the cost and and what they're selling retail and trying to find that you know that that profitable product or service man but yeah so when i'm doing this hot sauce research yeah i'm in lowe's man they got sell it they, they sell it in cabela's and i'm looking for different venues you know not necessarily the norm that I can maybe start off in um, to get a little, you know, get a little traction and then be able to go to the bigger guys. Yeah, I'm in, 
such and such. I'm in 10 stores or Lowe's locations or Cabela's or whatever like that. But yeah, just just start. I'm telling y'all, use your phone. And when you're in stores, man, just start taking pictures and like and then do some research. Go to Alibaba or whatever. Like, damn, they selling they selling this for this. Right. Man, bro, the thing that freaked me out, like I said, I'm I'm looking at that daggone fly shooter. Right. If you go to Alibaba.com, right, and you put in fly shooter gun or whatever it is, uh literally it'll come up as twenty five cents, four ninety nine in Cabela's. Mm. Literally same packaging. The only thing different is the hang tag, right? So they change whoever is selling to Cabela's, they put their hang tag on it and their, whatever their brand is. Literally, man. Um it's funny guys, I just I just interviewed Emir for uh for Black Entrepreneur Blueprint for for the second time because he's his watch company, man. He's been in business close to two years and we did a follow up uh with him expanding and so uh it's funny because on the interview you talked about creating retail locations for um for your brand. What was what's the what's the purpose behind that, man? Uh or thought process? Uh just expansion. Like mm-hmm. I, I really want to be a market leader. Um, right. I want to be in competition with those other high-end luxury watch brands, mm-hmm. and I want to be a staple. Yeah, in this industry, that's what it really boils down to. And I want to reach as many many people as possible because I know what my brand stands for. It's not right. just about selling products. It's, yeah, it's so much broader than that. And so, the more visibility we have, the more people we can we can impact and so Definitely. that's my thought process behind yeah. it man you are you looking to go into uh sell wholesale to some of your big box stores big box chains and stuff like that or, yeah okay I, yeah i'm hoping within the next two three years to really expand into like retail distribution uh right now um i'm uh in the talks with uh two local uh men's shops down like downtown in the fashion district that's what's and up. So uh, I'm looking to take over that space um, mm-hmm. in the fashion district with getting our products in those um, suit stores. Not like your men's warehouses, but right. it's, you know, not on that scale, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of uh, like mom and pop shops that sell suits uh, right. for men. And then they have some stores that sells like dresses, like prom mm-hmm. dresses and things like that for women. And so um, I've been talking to those guys and, you know, they're like, yeah, when your next collection come. Uh, come stop by and set up a meeting so we can look at your sample. So that's, that's the uh, that's the beginning of me selling that wholesale before I get into you know the big chain retail right. distribution. Now nah, that's what's up, man. Because um, um, that yeah, that's where it starts. You'll be able to get that feedback uh, before you even approach the big box stores. They may be like, you know what, you you might need to change your display. You might, you know what I mean, or something like that. That's another thing I, I, I wanted to mention too, guys. Um, when you're dealing with retail or selling wholesale to, to retail stores, you got to be retail ready. Your thing got to look like everybody else on there. You can't have some, your labels all crooked, 
uh you know what i mean you got you got your drunk uncle putting your labels on and they upside down and crooked and stuff <laughs> you know what i'm saying they they got to be tight and uh because it has to be presentable another thing when you're going into retail too um if y'all if you guys know what end caps are right so if you go in the supermarket and some of these stores and you'll see these products on the end of the aisle like end caps now they usually cost a lot of money but if you can have a point of purchase display or something to help accentuate your products uh, and make them stand out, that's a benefit. And and don't skim on the packaging. I mean, you don't want your, your packaging and, and your, your presentation to kill you and kill your profits. But sometimes it's better to have a, a solid presentation because now stores will take you serious. You know what I mean? So with, with my hot sauce, right? Um, I have a, for my mini bottles and they like mini bottles that you, you get in the, in the bars and the hotels. Um, I'm selling those in convenience store chains, the little 1.7 ounce mini bottles. So just picture a little, little liquor bottle with, with hot sauce in it professionally labeled, but I'm creating a countertop display that so just like you see gum and candy and chapstick, when you go to the counter, they're sitting in a display box. And so my first display packaging, it was, wasn't uh, thick enough. So when I went to one re- retailer, they were like, yeah, we like it, but it needs to be a little thicker to hold the 24 bottles in here. And so luckily I didn't order a whole lot of those. I only ordered like 200 of them for my first run. So now I'm back in the lab. So before I present to uh, Royal Farms and some of these other big chains, um, I had to have my stuff together. And that packaging, guys, if you ever look at it, when you go to convenience stores, they want to make it convenient for them too. So when I send these these 24 units, all they do is lift the back of the lid up, fold it down, and then it's like a backboard. And then there's perforations on the side where they, they pull that down and they pull that off, and now it's it's a tray with a backboard on it. And it's a, it's a cardboard product. But... My my boy was like, yo, man, why you need to have this out? And I said, nah, it ain't ready yet. So when you go and talk to these type of stores, your presentation, just like a chef, is sometimes more important than the taste of the food. <laughs> you know what I mean? That thing got to be presented right. So when you come out with your watches, if, when you go retail, bro, you may want to create some type of, of, of countertop display. You know, it could be it could be something simple. It could be, you know, corrugated or, you know what I mean? Something nice where it presents nice because yeah. and, and what that's going to help is going to help the sell through of your product. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, before you go in there, like one of my guys, man, who, who does the um, as bow ties, I was telling him before when he was going into some of these these shops, I said, you know, you need to make sure your presentation look good because that's half the battle right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. that's that's so key because I've been thinking about that too because, like, um, for the next collection and moving forward, I'm actually doing our packaging over it. Um, mm-hmm. Although people love the packaging that we have now. Right. But it's, I'm taking it to another level. And that's, like, I I have enough products and in inventory to take it to these um to the suit stores and stuff like that now. But mm-hmm. I was thinking that same thing. Like, I wanted to present a certain way right like i I wanted to scream luxury when they see it in these stores exactly so yeah that that that's key what would you say is like one of the top 
like three things that we should uh we should consider before going into retail like i know you're saying like <laughs> preparation and your packaging but yeah i know we talked in our interview like purchase orders and stuff like that but yeah they're like top three things you would recommend yeah so order. so from from my research and also having friends that have products in big box stores um number one so when you go to sell a product you need to look at how that product is packaged. So if I'm going to sell my hot sauce in giant supermarkets or Acme or wherever, and my my hot sauce is in a square bottle, right, that's not going to probably fit with the planogram of that supermarket. So I need to have a similar packaging to my competitors. doesn't have to be exact, but you got to remember when you're creating a retail atmosphere, it's all about synergies and, and planograms and all of that stuff. So you can't be like super crazy when you're doing that, especially when you start out. So number one, your packaging should be similar in size to the other, you know, competitive products. So for example, you may with your watch box, right? Now, you know, a lot of these, those, those boxes to flip open at the top, and they got the watch in there, right? Yeah. So if yours is three times as big, but you got one watch in there, they're going to be like, look, it's taking up too much space. Too so, much you, space, right? yeah, so you got to be similar. So, so number one, look at what, how the other products are presented, the similar products to yours. Uh, number two, and I, I definitely mentioned this, figure out how you can position your product, be it with the packaging or whatever, to stand out. So, for example, um, one of my boys who is in the in the packaging business, he he has like uh, kind bars. He does the packaging for a lot of these big brands. And he was like, yo, man, your labels are expensive for your hot sauce. And I was like, yeah, but that's the whole point. I want that label to stand out versus the regular Texas Pete or whatever hot sauce brands on there. This this is this is totally different. So you want to make sure that even though you're you're being similar to the packaging you want to do something to make it stand out um and the third thing i would say would be um you have to also look at and i mentioned this a little earlier the pricing what their their model is for specific type of products so once again in retail like if you're selling clothing a lot of times it's a keystone markup and that's a hundred percent of what they pay they're going you buy it for five they're going to sell it for ten so they're going to double it in food, which is great for hot sauce particularly, it's a 30 to 35% markup. So, you know what I mean? So if they buy it for, for you know, $10, which they not, <laughs> I wish they would, they're going to sell it for, for $13, right? So they'll make 30% on that. So um, that's the whole thing that, um, you know what I mean? You, you got to, those are the things that you got to be cognizant of. And once again, man, it all is, is about... Being a you know um, paying attention to what's selling, and I'm gonna tell y'all too. People will talk to you. You can go into the store, bro. Hey, I got a watch brand. What do you guys look for? What's the normal markup that you guys look for products like this? Uh, what's the best way to move forward if I want to try to get my product in your stores? And people will tell you. You know, yeah. So those are the things, man. Like, um, you know, I talk to people that sell hot sauce all the time just while i'm out if i'm if i'm in a mall and i see a hot sauce store somewhere they got this place called pepper palace they probably got about a couple hundred locations throughout the country 
And I started talking to uh to one of the managers. They were like, oh yeah, man, we'll do about fifteen grand. All they sell is hot sauce and wow. spices. Yeah, we do about fifteen grand a week in sales. I'm like, what? Wow. I said, well, I'm about to, and that's what made me think about opening a, a, a retail location. But I ain't yeah. ready for that yet. I want to, you know, get my buzz up first. But but those are some of the things that I would look at when you're trying to talk to people. And I think even if you don't have your product on you, find a manager or somebody and just, hey, I'm looking to do this. What's yeah. the process? What is your standard markup for your specific product? Because each product segment has different markups they look for in these retails. And and gotcha. before you even, and then, like I said before, you can ask them, what is a product that you want that that you don't you don't have yet? You know, they might tell you, you might go in there for one thing. They might You might go in there for watches, and they say, man, we would love a great collection of, of bow ties. And guess what? You in the bow tie business. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... I think um, finding out a needs analysis and the process of being able to get your products or services in, into these stores uh, via wholesale is something that um, it's an evolving process. But those are the things. It's got to look right. It's got to be priced right. And you got to be able to deliver. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, before, hey, man, tell before I forget, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Tell people your company, man, how they can connect with you and also I know you're doing a crowdfunded thing too, so make sure you shout that out. Yeah, so uh, Eartha Watch Company is the name of my brand. You can find us at EarthaWatches.com. Uh, we sell lux- luxury timepieces at an accessible price point. And currently, I am looking to grow and expand and scale the business a little bit. And we launched just launched a crowdfunding campaign last week. Uh, literally a week from today is when we launched it. And my goal is to raise a minimum of $20,000, which will go towards new inventory um, and strategic key hires and marketing and advertising. So um, if you would love to make a pledge, if you would love to uh, share the campaign link, you can find it in my bio uh, at Emir Horton on Instagram and on Earthos Instagram account, which is at Earthwatch on Instagram. And uh, the crowdfund campaign is hosted on Indiegogo cool that's what's up yeah yeah so um you know good quality watch i got one i'm waiting for the new models to come out man i can't wait yeah 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 it's good quality and you know what we do y'all you know we 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 gotta build and support black owned businesses so if y'all need a new watch your girl need one your guy needs one kids whatever go to earthwatches.com and that's e-a-r-t-h-a earthofwatches.com so yes, make sure y'all check that out man so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing you in macy's man and uh wherever you want to be eventually bro yeah i got, you know? I got my eyes on a couple I'm, I'm taking that approach with you though asap because yeah I'm, you know I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for relationships and building relationships even if you're not necessarily ready at least you, right you know, you know. You put the bug in their ear and they know who you are right you know, and you know what you need so. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. I'm definitely about to go up in, in these stores. To yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. And that's and that's really going to it's going to help formulate your pitch It's going to help formulate your pricing. You know yeah. what they're going to want and what they're going to need. And so you might be like, damn, I might have to increase my prices, you know, <laughs> or you know what I mean? And stuff like that. So um, but, yeah, you need to know what you're dealing with 
before you go into the retail space and don't sleep guys uh if if you're doing this i'm gonna pull this up real quick um you if, get my nerd my minority shirt uh let me see minority shirt um i used uh where is it uh damn uh, you know, oh, no, 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 not that one. I'll tell you on a minute. Um, nah, not MBE. I'll, I'll look for it, but here's what I will tell you. In order, if you want to connect with these bigger chains, um, make sure you get uh, the minority certification. It's going to cut through a whole lot of red tape, and you'll be able to start talking to people um, that you probably wouldn't get get a seat in front of if you don't have your certification and what the certification allows you to do guys. Um, basically you pay your money, make sure that you're minority owned and you actually can get the certification. And now there's a list. I'm, I wish I had it on me right now, but there's lists of companies that actually um, adhere to and look to work with minority certified companies and y'all give me two because this is important so i gotta find this real quick for y'all so i can give you the uh uh and popping up my laptop right now yeah msncb yeah i'm trying to damn and i literally usually have the thing sitting right out in front of me and i could have told y'all the website i use uh you know what? All right, so I'll keep talking while I find it because I want to give y'all a certain one which I use. Uh, ba ba That's SBA. You don't want that. All right, I'll figure it out. If not, I'll put it on <laughs> on the show notes because I know if I go into one of my emails, I'll be able to find it. Is it M M N M S D C dot org? Yep, that's it. Thank you. N M S D C. Uh, is that, is yeah, that, in, oh, they say, wait, it's some type of firewall. To me. Oh, yeah, that's that's it. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, in, yeah. org. Yeah, yep, that's it, yeah. It's called my National Minority Supplier Development Council. Uh, Damn. Yep. There okay. we go. Appreciate <laughs> that, bro. But that's the one I used, and so you can go in and apply, and they have local uh, or regional offices, so... Uh, you know, I'm in the Philly office. That's where I went through, but they have them all over the country. And they also, if you go onto that site and national minority supply diversity council, NMSDC.org, you can actually go in and you can look at the actual, uh, corporate members. Okay. So they have, um, damn, I got to log in, but I mean, you got Walmart, you got target, you got all of these companies that have signed up to do business. Uh, with, you know, black and minority-owned companies. And so uh, let me see here. Uh, here we go right here. I just pulled up. You got AARP. I'm just reading off a couple. ADP, Allstate, American Airlines, and I'm just going down the list. Uh, who else? Bank of America, you know, Babson College, uh, Home Depot. Uh, so I need to get my hot sauce in there. Hertz. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's like all, not all, a lot of your major companies. Um, let me see. Subway. Yeah. Is that in there? Nah, that ain't else. There's something else. Uh, Kimberly Clark Corporation. They got a lot of retailers in there too. 
Uh, let's see if they have Lowe's. Oh, so Lowe's is to this list. Uh, if you go to NNS, uh, NMSDC.org and you go to members and 2022 corporate members. Corporate members I see. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, 2022 corporate mem- members. Panasonic. Wow. Yeah, GM. I mean, so you just have to find companies that uh, could use your products or services. And a lot of the companies, you won't know their names, so you'll have to click on their link and find out exactly what they do. And, uh, you know, because it is like, for example, I found a couple of companies that are in the food service space and I had no idea who they were. But I actually went through all of these companies and started clicking on them and, you know, started reading about the company and what what products and services that they they have. You know what I mean? So uh, Fannie Mae, uh, all type Ernst and Young, all types of different companies, uh, Dun and Bradstreet. Domino's pizzas. So say say you're a supplier for cardboard or corrugated pizza boxes. You may be able to get in Domino's. Say uh say you're selling um pizza sauce or whatever. Uh what else do they sell in Domino's? Like um it could be uh salad dressing, you know, in the little packets and stuff like that. So Delta Airlines, maybe I can get my hot sauce on Delta, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying in terms of going direct to, um, you know, larger corporations selling wholesale. Uh, it makes it a lot easier if you're using or if you go through minority certification. And what they'll actually do is they'll actually give you or set up uh, meetings. I think they would like up to five people or introductions with their minority or diversity um, uh, supplier program where you can connect with them and get meetings with them. So super is super crazy, man. Super crazy, but uh, yeah, man. So this is something good. But uh, I'm gonna actually be doing a, a show on Black Entrepreneur Blueprint about it. I'm gonna break some of this stuff down. I'm gonna give a case study after I do my meeting with one of uh one of these retailers to um okay. let y'all know what goes on just to give y'all the insight. They got Walmart, Walt Disney Company. Man, you know Walt Disney got shot glasses and keychains all over the place, right? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, man. Look, you could get a uh, Walt Disney licensed timepiece, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you, <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> hey, man, if Walt Disney came to you and said, "Oh, you a black watch company? You mind creating a kids watch with the Disney logo?" Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, you get one of them. Yeah, you got you got one of them watches, man. One of those silicone bands with a big Mickey Mouse on it. Shit, you know what I mean. So, uh, Volkswagen Group of America, they got so like with with my cars, like I, I got an Acura truck, right? So Acura got all of the knickknacks when you go to the dealer. They got the keychain. They got all of this other stuff. You know, the license plate holder. They got all of this. Yeah, I mean, so it's crazy the opportunities that are there, man. Volvo, I see right here. But, uh, yeah, man, so uh, that's that's about, damn, I'm over. I'm an hour and ten today, but we was in there chopping it up, man. Any, anything else, bro, before we get ready to close it on out? Nah, that's all. Good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you guys for hanging out, man. All right, guys. We about to close it on out. Uh, make sure you check us out again next week, live, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, 
Ask Jay Live every Tuesday. Also, don't forget Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. We drop every Monday morning, 5 a.m. Eastern on all your major podcast platforms and YouTube. All right, guys, I'll see y'all next week. Peace.